We're back. Old Mel. Oh, that was a bad. That was a bad. Oh, that was a there. real Mel. No. <laughs> uh, episode 15. That was for DB. <laughs> um, we started with a snap today. Uh, we're going to get into the Avengers Endgame movie review. We're going to move into some Game of Thrones talk and then some NFL talk. And guest list today, besides my co-host, I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm back yeah. with AJ. What's popping, people? It's AJ. Back again with another podcast. I am Iron Man. <laughs> so we are going to start off with overall reactions to Endgame, and then we'll move into spoilers, and we'll kind of give a heads up. Uh, so yeah, overall, what'd you think of Avengers Endgame? Uh, so actually, I don't even know if I, I didn't even tell you this before we recorded, but I actually went yesterday also. Oh, sweet. So I've already seen it twice. I saw it once with uh, with the friends, and then once with the fam. Uh, the fam wanted to go see it. My my sister and my mom watch these movies periodically, but they're not super dedicated. Like, they haven't seen all of them, but they wanted to see it as soon as possible. So that could tell you the hype surrounding the movie. I thought it was great. Uh, it's a great accumulation of, you know, all these 22 Marvel movies in one uh, I kind of feel that how I feel about Endgame is how you guys were talking about Infinity War last year. I think this is the rightful culmination of all this. I think Marvel's not really going to be the same going forward, but I'm excited to see the direction that it goes. But yeah, I, I thought that this this particular film was a pretty great one. Probably my favorite in the franchise. Yeah, I loved it. Um, I think you have to get pretty nitpicky um, to find things you don't like. You know, people going, oh, I really wanted to see this happen or whatnot. It's really no major complaints. Um, definitely going to be different going forward. Um, they, are, they are done with what they've built towards for, you know, 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to retool with uh, the characters they've begun to introduce the past couple and they said they're going back to small movies. So it'll be interesting to see if they do the same build over 10 years again or kind of yeah, how they handle it. Um, I mean, at this point, I mean, why not? Why yeah. not Why not just build up over 20 movies and then just every 10 years just try and take a crack at a $3 billion, or a, I guess the billion-dollar opening weekend is what they're going for more, yeah. more often. Um, and they have the bankroll to do it at this point. Sure. So uh, should we just move into spoilers at this point? I mean, it... Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I mean, it's you know, just just go. I mean, go see the movie before anything. I mean, I, I'd be hard pressed at anyone. I mean, I guess there are some unfortunate situations, but just go out and see it as soon as possible. Because even after hearing this spoiler section, <laughs> he's looking directly at Clint right now. Clint, can you hear us? Cool. Clint can't hear us. Plus, we kind of Clint's kind of alluded that he knows most of the spoilers, anyways. But I, I still think the experience of seeing the movie is special, regardless of yeah. if you know them or not. So. Don't put it off. Go see it. It's fun. It's not that long. It goes by pretty quickly. I, I haven't had the urge to pee throughout two times seeing it in theaters, so it's not that bad. Just go see it. Yeah. Um, so jumping off, you know, I was impressed with right away they, I guess, subvert expectations better than Star Wars or Game of Thrones mm-hmm. has so far. For sure. Um, they kick off the movie pretty quick with by killing Thanos. Yeah, and that is. It was like, and rather graphically, you see yeah. the, you see his arm get cut off, and then you, they you know he, they chopped his head off, and then you see his head, mm-hmm. uh, which I guess was precluded by um, Cap cussing. I was like, huh, like Cap's pretty serious right now. Yeah, 
a lot of a lot of Age of Ultron callbacks, which yeah. I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah, he didn't mention language this movie, <laughs> um, but I liked. I mean, that happens ten minutes in, fifteen minutes in. It's like, well, I have no idea what's about to happen. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, it's it, it's pretty nuts. The three act structure ends up breaking down into the first act is mostly the Avengers coming to grips with the fact that they have failed everybody. And for a big, you know, blockbuster Hollywood movie to take a third of a three-hour runtime to deal with that and put that on the forefront of the screen, I thought that was really bold. And then the second act becomes more of what the MCU is used to, this kind of loosey-goosey, time-heist, fun, you know, sort of uh, exp- uh, expedition, I guess. And then we get to the third act, which is the big battle scene that everything culminates to. But I think the three acts all work pretty well off of each other. Um, I, too, was super surprised with the Thanos thing. Not only that, but we see it again in a flashback later from Nebula. Again, that, you know, that he gets his head chopped off. But, yeah, I mean, that, that start, especially, I mean, the film had me in its grips with the, the Hawkeye scene at the very beginning. So. Yeah, they kick it off on a very somber note too, which is a good mm-hmm. way to set the set the table for what's to come. Um, the yeah, the second act was a lot of fun. So many good references. I was surprised at how many people they were able to bring back for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not sure if Natalie Portman was I, there. I don't think so. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's just stuff that they shot in the, the dark, dark world. world. That's what I heard. Uh, but as far as I know, most everybody else is actually there for it yeah robert redford renee russo all yeah of them. um so that was sweet uh, although natalie portman was at the premiere so i don't think that there's any bad blood well she may as well ride that grave retrain yeah i guess um let me think yeah the the time heist stuff was all fun i think they wrote their time travel rules pretty tightly yeah, it was it, it, it was good enough. I mean, we don't need to know all the ins and outs of it. We just know that Tony knows how it works, and that's fine. Oh, as far as Tony discovering it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was pretty clear he spent five years figure, thinking about it, and Ant-Man coming back and being like, hey, this is what just happened to me, kind of pushed him through, whatever. Uh, but well, I, mean, I don't think... I think that they introduced... That, because they introduced the idea of it to him when Scott Lang comes back in, which is after the five years. Yeah, I know. I guess I got the feeling that he, he might have been playing around with something. He had like a model bill. Like where he, like. I just meant like, yeah, he, you know, had been reti- whatever, retired out of it. But I got the mm. feeling that he had always been kind of thrown around. How can I still fix this? Sure, yeah. Whatever. But whatever. I meant um, as far as not opening up plot holes with the time travel, I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping it straight. Yeah. Um, referenced a bunch of movies of, hey, we're not going to do it like this. Here's mm-hmm. how it's going to go. Um, so I like that. Um, a lot of fun. I loved all the Winter Soldier moments. Yeah, uh, him fighting himself. And I can do this all day. And the elevator scene fake out with Hail Hydra, and um, those were great. Uh, watching uh, Peter Quill dancing around at the start of Gal- Guardians <laughs> from a different perspective cracked me up. Yeah, <laughs> but that was a good. I liked the second act changed it, and that's where the speed of the movie really picked up. Yeah, for sure. You start noticing, you stop noticing how much time has passed. Exactly. And then by the time that it gets to the end of that, you're already based on the big battle scene. So, but yeah, it's all the Captain America stuff really works. I have expressed in this podcast that I've been pretty ambivalent about Chris Evans' performances in the Marvel movies over the years, but he's fantastic in this film. I think him and Downey both are. I think Downey's the one that Disney's going to push 
to get nominated for the Oscar at the end of the year. Um, but I think that they both would be equally deserving. Um, I still haven't really come to grips with that in my head on whose performance I like better, but those performances, uh, Tom Holland's little bit part is great. And uh, yeah, so it, it just, I was, the last thing I thought coming out of this movie or going into it before that coming out of this movie, I would be wanting to rewatch Marvel films. <laughs> and I wanted to give all the other Captain America movies a shot and see if maybe I was a little too harsh on Evans the entire time and kind of wanted to rewatch Thor The Dark World after Thor has to, gets to give a drunken summary I, of the movie. I did like how um, Ant-Man was the only guy entertained by having him go back over The Dark World. And that was like <laughs> yeah. the only movie they picked to recap because pretty much no one's seen that one. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so... That, that entire scene... Uh, Scott Lang is so great because he always has quips like he has no idea what the Infinity Stones are, so he's like learning <laughs> along with everybody else. And like they have that one where they they're like, yeah, uh, Nebula's like, yeah, you have to go to Voromir to get the Soul Stone. And he just goes, not it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, and then you know they get all the stones, and pretty quickly uh, they snap everyone back. The people come back five years after they were snapped away. So I think that's an interesting. Did you see the leftovers? I've I've heard the parallels. I need to watch that. But um, as far as this going, you know, people coming back and half of the people on Earth are five years older than when you left is just an interesting concept to me. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, there are many more movies inside these two movies. You could explore stuff yeah, with, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, and pretty quickly they get wrecked by Thanos coming through the portal. Uh, they bring a past version of Thanos back. I really liked that he seemed like a different character from mm-hmm. Infinity War Thanos. He was driven in much more Mad King mode, uh, just trying to fulfill his destiny. Yeah. Um, this That's one of the things, and I was going to bring this up later because you said that you thought that if you had to pick out things that you think we're not great about the movie that you'd be nitpicking, but I do have a small list of things that didn't work for me in the movie. And, um, a lot of it can get explained away by the comics, but I don't really give a shit about that. I give a shit about what the movie is trying to say. And one of my problems coming out of it the first time that I've kind of reconciled with the second time is I think I thought for the first time watching it, that Thanos was seemed like he was just as strong with the infinity gauntlet as to when he wasn't. Yeah. But and I know he's supposed to be like this massive titan and he's supposed to be super strong. And I, I mean, for all I know, that big blade he has is made of vibranium. I don't know. But um, I, I was kind of ambivalent about that. But I think that it's more a weakness of Infinity War that they don't go into that rather than a weakness of Endgame. I think that Endgame portrayed it in the correct way. Whereas Infinity War, they kind of had to rush through all this stuff. They didn't really get a chance to portray how strong he was. They're just like, he has stones, so equals he is strong. Yeah. And. You know, like a lot of, I liked how the gauntlet affected Thanos and everyone else that had it a lot more. Because the first time I watched it, they were like fighting over who was going to put the gauntlet on. I was like, well, I mean, Thanos just had this shit in on in Infinity War and it didn't affect him at all. So I was kind of curious as to why that happened. And then, so, but it made a lot more sense watching it the second time. Yeah, I think one thing from Infinity War is that they had a lot more people coming at him mm-hmm. when they're, when they're on back on his home world he's fighting six or seven at once compared to three when they kind of subdue him um as far as the gauntlet my understanding is that you know he has to go and 
get it made by Peter Dinklage. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, versus Tony making whatever he made. And my understanding was just that Peter Dinklage's actually let you use the gauntlet, and Tony's just let you bear it, essentially. Yeah. Um, well, but I mean, even he brings his own gauntlet with him later, does he not? Or does he, I guess he might pick up Tony's, and Tony just has another one. Or I guess his arm can just become another gauntlet. Because he, he picks up Tony's because uh, Peter's yeah. running with it and everything. That's right. That's right. So then, okay, uh, um, that makes a little more sense. I get that. Yeah, but even Thanos seemed to react differently when he put on Tony's. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so that's where I don't know. That's just my head cannon. No, no, no. I mean that makes sense to me. Um, I wish highlights of the battle or go on with what you're doing. Well, I guess my my only thing, and I didn't. I mean, like I said, this was me kind of thinking too much about it. I wish Hulk would have returned. He kind of got sidelined. You know, he got beat right at the start of Infinity War by Thanos. Yeah. Would have been cool to see him get one more fight with Thanos or something like that. I just think that, I mean, he gets to show that little bit of rage after that he realizes that Natasha's dead and he gets to throw that, like, uh, bench. bench or whatever. But, like, I think that they're just kind of building him up as he's not really, truly the Hulk anymore. Because, like, even in Avengers, when, when they go back to the Avengers scene, he's just like, ah. He's that like, was pretty hilarious. And he says, I really think this is gratuitous and rips his shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that they did a decent job of just building up, building up that he's not, he was, the older Hulk was more aggressive and probably even stronger than he is right now. So if he couldn't beat Thanos, the new Hulk, Professor Hulk, probably wouldn't stand a chance. Yeah. So, um, but no thoughts on the battle. I was so hyped. Um, yeah, I I thought that maybe the second time it wouldn't work as well for me, but it did. It fucks. <laughs> it completely fucks, guys. <laughs> um, when you know they're all going at him, and he Thor's pinned down, and I saw the hammer rumbling. I I had a very good inkling that Cap was going to grab it, mm-hmm. but when you actually see it land in his hand, like I lost yeah. my shit. There were a few people in the theater that cheered. Um, so no that, crowd reaction the second time I saw it. Which at I this point, you're away from sure. the nerds. Yeah, but um, I want—I mean, I wanted to clap with them, and there was no clapping. <laughs> yeah, because it is sweet. Um, and that's another thing where they do a great job at showing how heavy that fucking thing is, or like you know whatever. But like, because like when it gets knocked out of Cap's hand and just like dents into the ground, and then like when Peter has to like grab onto the web takes and flings him. him. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think that's back to Thor. That's back to Thor one, but Odin says, you know, whoever is worthy of this, let him wield Thor's power, whatever it is. And so, Cap was literally worthy of being a god. Yeah. That moment, which is just sick. He was pretty sweet. And uh, then, when I thought he was gonna die, then he goes nuts on Thanos, and then Thanos starts breaking down his shield. Um, and he's standing there, and I actually thought in the theater of Shazam is Thanos <laughs> is giving his speech to Cap, and then it pans wide, and Cap is not close to Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you wouldn't have heard that. <laughs> but um, but then you hear Falcons uh, on your left, another Winter Soldier callback, and everyone starts coming out, and I was like, oh. <laughs> it just, it's, yeah. oh man, it's it, it just gets you so hyped. So everyone comes out, Pepper's there, oh, man. rescue, yeah. It's so sweet. I, I I just I was just geeking the entire time. Black Panther grabbing it and then passing it. It's just it's just sweet because all the new Avengers basically got to like play a role in it because Ant Man's building up the time machine and 
Captain Marvel gets it and Spider Man gets it and it's just it's just really freaking sweet, guys. It's really cool. Yeah. So um, you know, Tony ends up taking one for the team. Um, I, I liked how he. I like that moment where he looks at Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange gives him the wand. Like he he kind of knows what he needs to do mm-hmm. then. Um, but he gets fried. I like that. Well, he's the I am Iron Man of Sweet. Apparently, that was they actually came back and reshot that. Yeah, that. that's what I heard too. They uh, they tried all kinds of lines, and they actually had. I think the shot they had was he didn't say anything. He just look, Thanos looks at him and he snaps. Yeah. They came back and added the I am Iron Man, which was perfect. It was a perfect bookend to the whole series um but i kind of like that he didn't really get last words i don't know it seemed a little more dramatic yeah when he's just fried laying there that's true um yeah i I thought all this stuff really works i mean all this stuff with tony dying i mean i know that some people thought it would be reversed and that cap would die and that iron man would end up retiring but I think that this is the right way because I really don't think that Tony ever would have truly been able to retire from it. So I think the only way for him to be a be gone from the franchise was to actually die. For yeah. The cause. Uh, so that was nice, and then they they do the funeral scene, and it was cool that they got everybody there. They get Fury for the final shot of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have the kid from Iron Man three there that confused a lot of people. Rules. Uh, and then the, even the credits were cool. They, I really liked their the signature. They did the original Avengers at the end, the signatures and mm-hmm. shot poses of them. I like that. And then I haven't seen it yet, but at the very end of the credits, they do. It's the sound of Iron Man making his suit in the cave from the first movie. I heard that there's like a hammer dropping or something. No, that's it's hidden hammer. Oh, that's that's right. That's right yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's right. Uh, yeah. I I actually didn't stay either time, so. Yeah. I don't but yeah, so I, I mean, and I'll, I also want to touch on the very, very end too, which the Captain America resolution didn't really work for me the first time, and I realized the second time why, which is that I think the whole Asgardians of the Galaxy thing with Thor going off in the ship, I think, I know that they didn't want to do a post-credit sequence, but that it just felt so out of place that I felt like that's the, that's the post-credit sequence that they need to do. Yeah. It needs, the, needs, the movie needs to fade to black, and then they can do it right away before they start the credits, but it's got to be not... It, it just breaks up that emotional tension of the movie. Yeah. And, but the, the Captain America stuff, the resolution with that did work for me a second time. I thought it was pretty sweet how it could have gone either way because it's been Sam and Bucky and both in the comics have taken over as Captain America. So it was kind of cool to see who they would pick. And I'm glad that they went with Mackie because he's been really great. I My feeling was, you know, I, uh, Winter Soldier knows his plan. He says, I'll miss mm-hmm. you. And yeah. um, I got the feeling that he was just done fighting. That he might he's, be. He's just as old. He's been a tool for Hydra for 70 years or whatever. So, yeah, that's true. Um, be interesting. He doesn't, I, my understanding is he keeps the wings. He doesn't have super soldier serum, so he's kind of useless yeah. with the shield. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've, I've heard that they've done it a couple different ways, depending on the issue of the comic. So that'll yeah. be interesting to see going forward how would they do with that. Yeah, but overall, I uh, love the movie. I'm excited to rewatch it. I'm gonna go see it with my family probably in a couple of weeks once it dies down a little bit. Um, yeah, do, do you want if if we have a little bit more time, you want me to run through the other things that didn't work for me real quick? Yeah, there's only a couple more. So um, we already kind of touched on Professor Hulk. I'm still kind of ambivalent about all that. I don't. I maybe it's. I think it's really just the CGI. The performance is fine, but the CGI just kind of threw me out. 
It just looks so much like Mark Ruffalo. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I like wish it would more be Hulk. yeah, a little bit more Hulk to it. But um, as we did, we didn't talk about um, Fat Thor at all. Yeah, I was. My take was that I liked it. I just wish mm-hmm. when he when he summons he summons the lightning towards the right before they fight Thanos, and it makes him look like a Viking. It braids his hair and everything, and yeah. I just wish it would have defatted him. With no real explanation. Yeah. Exactly. Then later, when there's dramatic moments, I'm just kind of looking at Fat Hulk or Fat Thor. But it is what it is. I, yeah, I, I have a feeling that he's. I, well, I guess we'll we'll see in the Asgardians of the Galaxy movie or whatever they're going to call it if he still is Fat Thor or if he's back to being a skinny Thor. That'll be interesting to see. But um, I just thought that I've always stumped for Chris Hemsworth as a comedian, and I thought that he's had some genuinely hilarious moments in all the Thor movies, even Thor: The Dark World with all its problems. He's had some funny moments in all those movies, and I felt like it was always because he's a god, but he's cracking these like one-liners, these like meaningless jokes that would only be important to like Earthlings or whatever. So when he kind of becomes as close to who he'll ever be as being an Earthling, just it took some of the comedy out of the winds. It took, it took some yeah. of the wind of the sail for me. Um. I Chris Hemsworth, I just don't think they knew what to do with him the first two movies. And at this point, I think sure. he's going to make a good pairing with the Guardians. So oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, the only other two were that um, Nebula plays uh, into a lot of the plot. They, had, I mean, they could really want to do so much with her character. And I, it kind of worked a little bit more for me the second time because I kind of saw that she took off a wrap off of her hand. So she kind of had disguised her hand is being burned like the other Nebula had. So it made a little made it a little bit more believable to me that they would have not noticed that she was the other Nebula. But obviously they wouldn't have assumed that another Nebula was there. Yeah. But, yeah, so all that was kind of strange. And then the whole getting the Soul Stone uh, didn't work for me. That kind of can offshoot into... It's just sad that Black Widow got the ending that she got because they've done such a poor job with her character throughout all the movies. And she gets the most to do in this one, but... Um, yeah, I, I just didn't really... I always kind of thought that she was the obvious one to die, and they're, all of a sudden they're throwing explosives at each other, and I just didn't really... I, I almost bought Thanos sacrificing Gamora more. It, yeah, I think they just maybe did one too many role reversals there yeah. of who was going to go off that went on a second too long. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't feel a ton of that. Yeah. And she... I. I think they're still doing a, giving her a movie, so at least she'll yeah. get proper closure on it. But maybe she just wanted out, so mm-hmm. who knows? Where do you have a spot where you put this in your Marvel ranking? We've given our full Marvel Marvel rankings on this podcast. Uh, no, it's top five for sure. Okay. Uh, seeing it makes me rethink Infinity War a bit, just because mm-hmm. it. I think it did Infinity War a little better from what I was looking for. They win and it's an yeah. Avengers movie it's not a Thanos movie mm-hmm. so I mean probably probably top three okay that's well maybe we'll re-rank them before the next Avengers movie comes out or something yeah but, that'd, yeah that'd be cool I, I would like to have some time to revisit like I said the Captain America movies and Thor the Dark World could use another look <laughs> from me um some of the other ones could also use another look also yeah but overall, great, great reactions. Yeah, Go see it. Yeah, fantastic movie. All right, we're going to move into the Game of Thrones talk for just a moment since I have a platform for all ten of you to listen to me complain about this season. Um, 
it's going to be spoilers if you're somehow just now catching up on Game of Thrones. But I've just been disappointed, particularly the last two episodes. I really like the first two, and I feel like they've undone so much goodwill the first seven seasons, these past two episodes, which is honestly impressive. Um, but just the writing quality has just gone out the window uh, um, between dumb decisions uh, the characters make that don't make any sense and then directorial decisions of you know, death fake-outs, uh, mainly death fake-outs, of just yeah. things being nonsensical, and then whether or not plot lines are su- successfully playing off, uh, paying off. Um, episode 3 is the, the Long Night, or the Battle of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see a lot of people overwhelmed by the dead. They live. Didn't like that. That's one of my chief complaints. Um, I think... The episode two was set up as AJ said a swan song for a lot of these characters that we love, and they have the opportunity immediately to start killing them off. Bran goes down, Grey Worm goes down at the front of the army. It's like, all right, this is Game of Thrones. Like we're about to lose a lot of people, mm-hmm. and people miraculously live over and over. My take was, I'm okay if those people are alive at the end of the episode. They've shown for years that they're the best fighters in Westeros. Mm-hmm. I can buy them living. I can't buy them being pinned down by people trying to kill them over and over and then being alive. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think that's my least favorite part. Um, I'm really, I'm okay with Arya killing the Night King. I'm disappointed that that plot line seems very underserved. I think Bran seems relatively useless. Uh, I think the White Walker threat was gra- grossly overstated. Yeah. Um, so it's a bummer that they built it for so long to have it really not come to much they, they killed yeah. off a couple of minor characters and now we're moving on so mm-hmm. that's my complaints about episode three what did you think of it uh the long night particular yeah yeah i i didn't like it that much either uh i thought you know there was a whole uh the, one of the big controversies was how difficult it was to see in the episode yeah and while i don't really i don't really care all that much about it it is something that's important especially because well, the cinematographer on the episode went out on social media and said that he sort of shot it as if it were to be displayed on a big screen, and that was why it was dark, is because we all don't have enough a good enough platform to watch it on. But if you know people watch your show on an iPad or on a small TV or on a laptop screen, they're like there were music producers that were commenting below that are like, "Well, I mix an album for the quality of like a concert." But then I go and I listen to it on Car headphones, yeah. So yeah, or whatever, to make sure that it still works that way. So I think they could have done that to avoid that. Um, I, I mean, I agree. I mean, you already said what I had said is that episode two I thought was was a great setup to be a swan song, and then not that many people died. Uh, I just thought that it was it was an episode where it, it had been so much had been built up. We're watching this season. We're already talking about oh, can't wait for episode three, Battle Winterfell. It's going to be epic. And I kind of thought that all this Night King stuff would go up until probably the end of the fifth episode is when they would kill him. And then the last episode would just be a super long episode with them going to Cersei and just fighting all out. And mm-hmm. I feel like when I saw it, I was like, wow, there's only six episodes. How are they going to wrap all this up in six episodes? And they've given such short shrift to things that I thought were important. 
that I kind of don't even know how they're going to fill two episodes with what they have left. I mean, I just don't think that there's that much left to go through. Well, they could have ended in episode four. It yeah. brings me to my complaints there. Uh, chiefly being everything about the scene at King's Landing. Um, there's been a lot of shots today of that area of King's Landing. And I kind of thought about it at the start. It doesn't make sense. They walk out the across the... Keep, is that what it's called? Well, that's... Well, they're just outside of that. Yeah, right? so it doesn't... They walk across, like, a pretty barren area. Yeah. And they have established shots from earlier in the show of... It's out on a peninsula. There's... It's wooded down to this, like, this beautiful peninsula. And they kind of mm-hmm. walk across a desert to it. And I didn't really put my yeah. finger on it when I was watching, but I was like, this seems weird. Like, this doesn't seem like what I've seen before. Yeah. That's a minor complaint. But they get up there. Tyrion's standing in front of Cersei begging her to be reasonable. She's never been. She has contracted a killer to go kill Tyrion. Uh, but when he's standing in front of her, she doesn't she decides not to kill him anymore. That's unlike her. She has she has no ethics. She mm-hmm. blew up a sept with thousands of innocent people on it. Um, she has the last Drogon with or the the last dragon within firing range of the uh Ballistae. You say Ballistae? That's probably right, but I don't know. Um, she has the rival queen. She has all of her advisors within reach of all of her, her whole army. And she's just like decides not to kill them when she's previously had no issue with it. The like, the show took six seasons to build up to the, the culmination of the sixth season, which is a great episode. I know that's one of your favorites. And she does this absolutely savage thing. And since then, all she's done is show mercy to people that she no longer likes. Like, she could have, she almost had the mountain kill Jamie before. He I'm not left. surprised she didn't kill Jamie when sure, he Sure, but I mean, even, but like, we had just seen this girl not even give a shit and just blow up an entire set full of people. Yeah. So, I just, and you know, I, that one wasn't completely against character, but I'm just saying that they built up her as a savage character for six seasons, and now all she's done the past, you know, 10 episodes is give mercy to people that she doesn't like. Yeah. Um, so I had an issue with that. I also had an issue, you know, they have Euron. It's it's like, it's Dosek's Euron now. He just shows up when they need to change the plot around. He His navy is the, surprises everyone. And at least at the start, it was night or it was storms or whatever. This one, we have Daenerys flying two dragons across the, the open blue skies. And she misses a naval fleet flying at her or sailing at her. And then you can debate, like, watching it, I didn't have a ton of issue with them hitting Rhaegal. But when you think about it, they snipe him. They hit him three times in a row. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's basically like, it's like two in the neck and one through the eye. And then she, dri- she dive bombs him and every shot misses. Yeah. And, the, and, and they miss, I mean, they hit a couple of the ships, but. And, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they missed the they missed Drogon, yeah. which he's going at. And someone else pointed out all she had to do was fly around behind them and burn all their ships down because they didn't fit any more weapons on the back of their ships. Yeah, there weren't even that many ships. Um, then they cut to people crawling onto a beach. The naval fleet somehow let them live, but s- sailed in, grabbed Masindai, and then sailed out. Yeah. Um, which also at the end when she's standing on the the edge of the wall. She could have just grabbed Cersei and jumped. Also, a lot of people could have ended everything this episode. Yeah. It would have um, been kind of, she wasn't chains. It would have been a little bit tougher, but yeah. Which is yeah. which is also so sad that the breaker of chains 
first lady died in chains, but yeah, know, at least she got the she at least got a baller ending. Yeah. Um, John saying John ignoring ghost that was strange. That's horrible. Um, so Jamie I don't know. savagely leaving Brand. I like the Jamie and Brand stuff this episode. Um, I think he was just he was you know talking about you know the things you do for love and the awful things he's done for Jane, uh, for Cersei and now for her to send someone to kill him has pushed him yeah. over the edge. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess that's true. I just don't know why. I just it just felt like something that could have played out over the entire season and they tried to throw the whole arc in one episode. Yeah. Which I did, I just thought it was too stretched out. But. Well, I, I said to Sam when they the everybody leaves south and Jamie stays I'm like I how is he going to get out of here? Cuz yeah. there's no way he's just retiring to to Winterfell. Um so Bronn showing up but and I also thought Braun was kind of out of character. I can see that he just all the Lannisters screw him, but he seemed to mean it. Yeah. <laughs> he would kill him, and, and then which to me seems weird that you establish so much of a relationship between him and Jamie and Tyrion just for him to be. Nah, I'll kill you. Uh, I think they lean too far away. They lean too far into him having a heart to now be back to I'm um, just a sellsword. Yeah, he needed to just yeah he needed to go back to a sensibility of just picking a side because he's he seemed very concerned with what he's going to get when he, when he comes out of all this, but both sides know that if he sides with either side, they're going to give him something great. So yeah. I don't I don't know why he has to keep doing this one upsmanship of who's going to keep giving me the better yeah. plan or whatever. But yeah, there's I, I thought the first thirty minutes of the episode was fine. Yeah, I, I, I liked all of them. You know, them uh, sending the people off with the uh, with the burning and stuff like that. Although technically, Lyanna and Ed came back as whites, so technically, when the Night King died, they should have perished into dust. But is that what happened to them? They get dusted? No, no, no. They should have, but they did not. No, no. I mean, but is that what happened to the rest of the dead? Yeah, it's kind of like Infinity War. Oh, see, I thought they were just all falling over. I'm pretty that, sure they all turned to dust. Oh, maybe the skeleton. Maybe the skeleton ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but but anyways, I mean, all that stuff works. I mean, there's a cool loss in translation moment between uh, Daenerys and John, uh, Jorah Mormont, which is which was pretty nice. And John gives a great speech from I mean, basically like one of the speeches from the uh, the Night's Watch, and, and all the stuff in the in the celebration is pretty cool. The coffee cup gate is fun. <laughs> They've already removed it, apparently. Have they? Yeah. I, I had a feeling they might. And it's, I just, I, it's not a problem of the people that were on set. I just can't believe that that many editors probably touched that thing and didn't catch it. Yeah. I didn't notice it live, so I didn't really have an issue I with it. I didn't really either. Um, Sansa putting the Stark pin on Theon was nice. Yeah. Um, and then Sansa getting a moment with the Hound, and then Arya also with the Hound. Um yeah, I, I don't really want to comment on Sansa giving that speech where basically she says that it was good that all these horrible things have happened to her. Yes, yeah, I did see that joke know, of I'm empowered because I got you know raped and put through all this stuff. Um, but I did like that she killed Ramsay with hound, yeah. hounds. Um, Sophie's been great, and especially in that first scene. Apparently, the um, what I heard on a podcast was that the uh, the director David Nutter, I think he did that episode. Uh, who's he's been pretty famous as giving pretty like horrible lines to people before they have to cry on screen, and he basically went up to Sophie and said, 
you know, Theon's dead now and you'll never get to tell him that you always considered him one of the Starks. And she just kind of lost it and they just did one take and it was brilliant. And, oh, cool. you know. So yeah, so all that stuff was cool. Arya savagely turning down Gendry was pretty cool. Um, I, I did turn to Clint and Mitch who I was watching the episode with and I said, what the fuck is Storm's End? You, but well, they haven't mentioned it since season two. Yeah. And this is uh, something that the really pissed the book readers off. They call him uh, Gendry Rivers, I believe, yeah. and that's just wrong. He was supposed to be a Waters, mm-hmm. and it pissed them off so much because they're like, they just, no one cares anymore. Like, it's yeah. not hard to, you know, know who's sand, who's snow, who's rivers, who's exactly. waters, yeah. and they're like, they just didn't even bother. Um, that's sad you hate to see it. So, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I thought about it at first, and I got him confused, but yeah, he's... It, just the attention to detail in the writing has really dropped. Yeah. So. I, 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 I expressed in the group me, which I'm sure most people that listen to this have access to, <laughs> but um, uh, my, my problems with the whole Rhaegal dying thing, it's just that, that I mean, we, we've already kind of touched on it. Viserion, when he died, it was kind of like a punch to the gut for me because I just, I, like Daenerys, didn't think that the dragons would ever get killed and the Night King just brought out that spear and just fucking put him to sleep and I was so broken up by that and then the fact that Rhaegal could be taken down by three arrows after even he could have even had a better death in the previous episode I mean even if, if he would have got killed by the by Viserion coming back the the White Walker version of Viserion I would have been okay with that at least but it's just kind of like what I said in the group me is that I feel like they didn't think that they could make a compelling battle with Daenerys having two dragons so they had to fucking um Stunt it down to one. I guess that's all they've been doing is weakening her since back to last season. Yeah, they're just setting. Um, they're just really poorly setting her up to die. I don't think that. I'm, I mean, obviously, I'm pissed about it because I, that's who I want on the throne. But I just think that they're giving away their. They're showing their hand too much. Um, yeah, and I, I, someone else pointed out. You know, if she would have just, you know, uh, Elena Tyrell tells her, uh, "Be a dragon." If yeah. she would have would have gone and attacked King's Landing at the start. None of this would have been an issue. She would have won. And now they're saying you can't attack. She has all these people in the keep, but you're going to kill them all. Don't be yeah. mad. All they're proposing to do is starve them out. It's mm-hmm. not like that's any better whatsoever. Yeah, it's true. just kind of needless making her wait even longer and watch even there. She's going to go mad from watching everyone she knows die. So yeah. why wouldn't I just, that, that, I mean, I didn't, I kind of bought it at the time because they, because Tyrion kept going back to that line of you can't, rule of like a, I don't know exactly what it is but basically if you kill all of King's Landing there's no one left to rule she wants to break the wheel which I get I mean because yeah. Stannis killed a lot of people when he attacked yeah. and everybody's been killing their own people she wants to be different but they're not proposing a better solution they're just proposing yeah. a different way to kill them all exactly yeah uh, I am intrigued to see what Varys does uh, I like that he's kind of back to his spider ways now mm-hmm. that's true yeah he's, he's back to his scheming ways which yeah is a pretty big deviation for the book, at least from what I've heard so far. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, we'll be there for the last two episodes. We're this invested now. We got to see how it ends. But I, the, the the more we watch, I feel like you're on the same page as me. Is that the the more I watch of the season, the less I feel like it's going to be completely satisfying for me. I know. Uh, so I really hope they turn it around because I want to be happy with the eight seasons overall. They were on such a traje- trajectory coming off of just coming into the season even with the pe- for the people who were unhappy with seven mm-hmm. um to now really take a nosedive where ev- 
I would say a large majority of the people are disappointed is just a bummer. Yeah, and maybe we can, um, in the spirit of our podcast, we have a couple weeks, we have two weeks before the last episode comes out, maybe if we can devote some time to it, maybe we can maybe like a top ten Game of Thrones episodes list to kind of culminate all this stuff or something like that. We've already kind of touched on characters we like and stuff like that, and it would kind of be a little bit of a chore to go through all the episodes, but... Yeah, we can certainly figure something out. we got only two more weeks. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's pretty insane. I mean, I've only been I've only been living with it for a couple of months, but still, I feel the old the old Game of Thrones feels even older, you know, even pretty old to me, even though I've only been watching it for a couple of months. Yeah, I really don't know anybody that's been on it for, since season one. Only a couple of book readers. But yeah, true. It'll be. Yeah, I hope it works out. <laughs> Let's go. All right, to close up, we're going to bounce around with some different sports talk just to try to keep the original theme of the podcast somewhat <laughs> intact. Uh, I'm going to start over in the NBA. Yeah, all the series are 2-2 except for one, Boston-Milwaukee, uh, which is, you hate to see it. Boston down 3-1. Uh, Kyrie's just been going full moron. Uh, the best, one of my favorites is that he said, from this point on, I don't think you'll see another eight for 22. And then he proceeded to go seven for 22 the next night. Nice. He said he's a basketball genius. This series, he was talking about how there's, he was talking about the, the energy of the basketball when it doesn't go in the rim and how that affects the team. Uh, he's also a flat earther. So. He's completely lost it. Like he's going full Antonio Brown crazy. Um, so it's pretty hilarious. Uh, other news, there's not much. Uh, Warriors, Rockets are tied 2-2. I don't think I've ever wanted to see two teams, I don't know, buses crash and no series be played more. I think I'm actually pulling for the Warriors because I just can't handle the Rockets' style of play. Chris Paul and Harden are just, just bitches. They just, yeah, they just, hard to root for. they flop, they, they play four fouls. That's what I hate. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul's had a dirty streak going back years. Um... Just can't put up with them. Yeah, I, I just can't wait for the Lakers to trade for Chris Paul for a first round pick in the offseason. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's I mean it, it's it's one of those series where it's probably going to go seven games. Warriors are probably going to win because these teams just can't win on the road. So, and then I think the the most interesting one, like if you actually want to sit down and watch a game, would be the Blazers and Nuggets series because it's yeah. just two teams really scrapping their way to try to get to a West Coast Finals. It, uh, appearance for, you know, who knows, could be the first time, or the, the, the next time that they do it could be the, you know, it, they might not do it for the next 10 years or so, depending on how the Western Conference goes, but um, the 76 years, I mean, I said in this podcast the last time I thought they were going to get swept, so obviously that was not true, but Kawhi has been playing his ass off, he just needs other people in the Raptors to step up, and uh, it looks like the Bucks have thoroughly put the Celtics in the grave, I would I'd be surprised if they don't win this next game by 20 points and just put that put that series to bed. Yeah, uh, it was a bummer on the West that you you have two to me much more likable teams playing each other compared mm-hmm. to much more unlikable teams. I agree. Um, one interesting stat I saw is that I mean KD's been playing really well this playoffs. He's been you know, dropping 35, 40 yeah. points a night, mm-hmm. and said if KD see scores 30 a game. For these playoffs and the next three years worth of playoffs, he would still not catch LeBron's scoring mark as of where LeBron is today. Wow. <laughs> Just to put into context how 
long. LeBron's been in the playoffs for scoring. Yeah. Um, also, um, Frank put this in the group, maybe, but uh, earlier, I mean, Kawhi's actually kind of got off to a bad start of this game. He's 0 for 3 already, but... Um, but in the first four games of the series, Kawhi had been averaging 38 points per game on 62% shooting. And in one playoff series, Jordan averaged over 35 on 60%, and no one else has ever really even come close to that. So hopefully he runs that through the rest of the series, whether they win it or not. And, um, you know, hopefully he gets that nice little place in history. But it is what it is. Yeah. So moving on, we'll, Kentucky Derby will touch on uh, one of the wilder finishes. Uh, it's the first time it's ever happened. They disqualified the first place finisher, and uh, the guy who came in second ended up winning. Uh, really muddy, rainy day there. Uh, exciting to watch. It was bizarre when they interviewed the guy afterwards. They're like, you know, you're you're protesting what happened. Like, why why are you doing that? And he's like, huh? It's worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs> That's essentially what he said. Uh, so I don't know what call I would have made there. I don't know too much about horse racing. To me, it's just stunning. You don't often see uh, in a such a big spectacle like that that they uh i guess the refs taking over like that yeah for sure Um, yeah that was i mean we did a little thing at the lake most of us were at the lake this weekend and we we were kind of getting drunk around 6 30 so we decided to just all throw 20 bucks and we all got to pick two horses based on the odds that they had and uh frank had maximum security we had already (laughs) venmoed him all the money and no one had country home is that who won yeah but I had code of honor, so, not, so not, to... and also not only that, but the person that had the lowest ranking horse had to take a shot. <laughs> so Frank went from having eighty dollars in his Venmo account to having to take a shot of whiskey and having to Venmo me all of that. <laughs> so that was pretty classic. Um, and touching back, I'd been looking for this tweet uh, about Kevin Durant. He had thirty-eight points in the first half of the playoff game. Three more than Steve Nash had in 2005. And Steve Nash quoted that and said, uh, it's not nearly as impressive, though, because there are more possessions in today's game and because Kevin Durant is taller and better at basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Steve Nash had 35 points in one half. That's insane. He used to be an absolute dog. Um, Hockey, uh, Blue Jackets got eliminated last night. Disappointed to see little magic streaks at an end. Uh, They still... Have put together a hell of a run beating Good. the Lightning, uh, tied the best team ever, up swept them. It took two games from the Bruins? Yeah. That's also game four, six. That's something that's not four two is still as a lower seed. Also on the road to, to or no, I guess it was home last seven. night. Right. They took them to overtime three times. Yeah. Um, and were very debatably screwed last night on an illegal hit that uh, the guy actually got suspended for it today. And last night he got a two-minute minor for it. Uh, doesn't really do us much good now, so it's unfortunate that that had to happen. But uh, I'm hoping they can get a lot of their team back next year. They mortgaged a lot of the future for all the eight the players they brought in at the end of the trade deadline. Uh, if everybody sticks around, I think they could be very competitive next year. They're still relatively gelling. Uh, and if But if they leave, we really have no way to replace the talent. So... We'll see what happens. I'll probably watch a little more hockey with Sam, but I don't care nearly yeah. as much anymore. Uh, kind of like me when the Pacers got out of the playoffs. I'll, I'll watch the NBA games as a casual fan, but once the Pacers go out, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And finally, for your NFL talk, um, 
really not much going on right now. There's still some big free agents out there that haven't signed. Yeah. Uh, but really, and maybe this is the Cleveland reference for today, but Odell said he plans to turn the Browns into the new Patriots. So yeah. Don't know how he's going to do that. All yeah. himself, Here comes the dynasty. Uh, just piggybacking off of all these LSU players, throwing out just insane claims. Uh, yeah, that his was actually somehow more modest than Greedy's. Yeah, of, <laughs> of a Super Bowl, yeah. Not just one Super Bowl, a dynasty of Super Bowls. So, okay, saw, yeah, fun. We saw how that played out for LeBron in Miami. Yeah, uh, well, um, I, this is supposed to be a fairly big month for movies. We've got a couple of our most anticipated movies of the summer coming out. But after we see Godzilla, King of the Monsters, at the end of the month, that's probably when I'm going to go full force into the NFL stuff. So at the, at the very least, I'll have fantasy rankings that we can pour over and criticize in okay. June and such. Yeah, we got uh, Detective Pikachu. We'll yeah, probably see for the next podcast. We got Godzilla coming out. Uh, John Wick 3. John Wick 3 is in between that, which I'm pretty excited oh, for. Absolutely. Uh, so we'll be more movie reviews. You know, We'll keep touching on sports. And uh, we'll get back into fantasy. I mean, especially once training camp starts up and we get closer to draft season. So. Yeah, I, I think June is pretty is pretty fair. I mean, you've got about two, or I guess three months until meaningful NFL, but about two months until that fantasy draft start to kick up. So that'll be fun. But maybe uh, I think the the league should be getting renewed here soon if it hasn't been already. So maybe people will start putting their names in. We can criticize some names and bring <laughs> some good old. Um, some good stories from previous ones, but and then Ryan and I probably mid or probably end of June slash early July will probably dive into our top five movies of halfway through the year just to give a little stake for where we are there. It's, it's something that a podcast I listen to does. It's not really something that matters at all. Top ten list don't even really matter at the end of the year, but um, doing a top five and then seeing where that ends with your top ten is, at the end of the year is kind of interesting. To see what shuffles style. around. Yeah. So yeah, so there's a little uh, little idea of events coming in the podcast future for those very few of you who listen to us. Yeah, let us know if you want to be on. Yeah, we're <laughs> always looking for guests. We're a little shorthanded tonight. Um, but other than that, AJ, any final thoughts? Uh, no, not really. I'm Iron Man again? That's, that's <laughs> a bad joke. <laughs> uh, I'll give Shane a shout out. He graduated this weekend, so good work yeah, there. Yeah, uh, And yeah, go Bucks. All right. Adios, kids. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.